Frank Vetrano is an Anaheim Duck. The longtime Florida Panther makes his way to the West Coast. We'll talk about him on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On. Anaheim Ducks locked on Florida Panthers crossover. I'm your host, J.D. Hernandez, and that's the other host, Armando Velez, joining today's podcast. Uh, Before we get started, just want to remind you that both of our podcasts are free and available across all platforms, and thanks for making us your first listens of the day. You know, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Welcome you, Armando. How you doing? I'm doing well, JD. Uh, thank you for having me to talk about uh, Frank Petrano and talk about everything that's going on with the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, and the Florida Panthers, too. So let's start off talking about free agency in Florida. Obviously, there are some key members that are missing. So talk about the state of the Panthers for just a brief minute before we talk about the man, Frank Petrano. <laughs> yeah, so the... The Panthers and their fans have really been, uh, they've been preparing for this for a while now, where the buyout of Keith Yandel was going to take a majority of their cap space on through, throughout this 2022-23 season. And there was no way that the Florida Panthers were going to keep that on their books. I mean, he had a no full no-move clause, and especially with the Seattle Kraken expansion draft going on, there would have been an opportunity there if Yandel would have been part of the protection list with that no move clause there. Chances are there would have been an opportunity to lose Gus Forsling as far as the expansion draft. So the expansion draft kind of forced the Panthers hand in order to buy him out. And of course the, the previous regime in Dale Talent and Tom Rowe kind of capstrapped the Panthers in their future based on, getting rid of the contract of Anton Stroman, trading him to the Arizona Coyotes and giving right. up a second-round pick in that one. Also, with Brett Connolly uh, as well, trading him to the Chicago Blackhawks, which they eventually bought him out, along with pairing Henrik Borgstrom, a former first-round pick of the Panthers, along with it. But th- there was failed development with Henrik Borgstrom as well, that his trade value wasn't great as well. So it cost them some cap room and some draft picks along the way. And with, you know... The if if I'm Bill Zito, I don't regret going for it. Of course, the the last year was that year to go for it when you yeah. try to trade for a Claude Drew and getting a first round pick out of it. The Ben Sherratt deal doesn't look great at the moment, giving up another first round pick. But this was an opportunity for the Panthers to kind of reset and not be as aggressive this time around. The opening night roster coming into 2022-23 looks very similar to what they had at the beginning of last year. It's just really that they lost some of their role players along the way. Yeah, and we are going to talk about one of those players momentarily. I think the tough thing for me is the Panthers had to go for it. They absolutely needed to put all their chips down. And for what it's worth, they did win the President's Trophy. They were one of the best teams, if not the best team in the National Hockey League. I mean, they were based on getting the trophy. But you talk about a team that has been super resilient all season long. When you talk about those comeback wins, I know you and I would talk like four goals wasn't enough of a deficit. 
like Florida's going to come back again and again and again. So I have no doubt that they're going to be resurgent and come back, maybe not at the same level. It's hard to run it back with that kind of level of play. But the Panthers are still going to be a good team in that division. They're still going to likely make a playoff run. And as I say, all you need is a chip in a chair and you're in. So you never mm. know from there. Yeah, it's all it, the the words I use in that is law of averages when it comes to when it comes to getting into the postseason. The more times you have a crack at it, the chances are that you're you could get one eventually. I mean, look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, I know they have a special group of Sidney Crosby, Geno Malkin, and Chris Letang. Yeah. And that group in, has made the postseason 16 straight years. And the more cracks you ha- got, once again, the more cracks you have at it, the more chances you have of winning consistently. And they have three cups to in, with with that core. And, of course, with the Tampa Bay Lightning as well, they, they, they had some high draft picks in the late 2000s getting Steven Stamkos and yep. Victor Hedman. And they, they've they've made multiple conference finals even before winning their back-to-back cups in 2020 and 2021. You mentioned the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I'm I'm not going to bitch at anyone right now. I mean, I've already called out a couple of Pens fans this week. I'm not going to do it again. But having that core together for 20 seasons, it's a good send-off for them. So I'll I love to see it. I mean, I'm Absolutely. sentimentalist. <laughs> absolutely and you love that in sports whenever uh you know whenever you grow uh, an emotional attachment to certain players i mean personally as a panthers fan i mean the first year of barkoff's eight-year extension kicks in next mm-hmm. year and for me as a panthers fan seeing the captain that he's going to be back for eight more seasons i know they still got to also extend jonathan huberto as well which he has a year left on his his deal so there's still time for the Panthers to make a deal with Jonathan Huberto, but to see those two possibly uh, be together for eight, at least seven more seasons together, and then um, Huberto's uh, new contract, if if he gets an eight-year term, will be one more than uh, the year after Barkov's expires. I mean, it's a great situation for the Panthers to be in if they, in fact, extend Huberto as well. Right. So let's go ahead and talk about why we're crossing over right now. Even though he last played with the Rangers, that was for a cup of coffee. So should that even count? Frank Vetrano spent a number of seasons with your Florida Panthers. And you got to see him up close. I mean, he was there not even three months ago, really, before being dealt off to New York. He spent, I want to say, four part. Almost five seasons, about four seasons with the Florida Panthers. He came from Boston to Florida. And I I think he had some of his best years with the Panthers. So talk about his time in Florida. I mean, dude has a lot of speed. Like, Frank Vitrano is a speedster when it comes to getting on the rush and creating something. Um, he doesn't necessarily create his own shot necessarily he really benefits on rebounds and get and getting into the greasy areas for himself he's more of a goal, goal scorer than he is a distributor i mean just uh just in 2019 he was a 20 goal scorer and had there had there not been a stoppage in the 2020 season he would have been a 20 goal scorer again and of course the 66 yep. game season just last season he was on pace to have more than 20 goals so as far as a middle six forward that Frank Vitrano is, he really brings that to the table for, for any team that he's on. And I think personally that Frank Vitrano was the guy who who maybe 
maybe uh, I I'm not sure what the right word is. It is like what his game went to, um, down a little bit once Coach Q was forced to resign, and he yep. the situation for Frank Frank Vigano there, and it it resulted in him being scratched eleven times. It, it be, right before being traded to the New York Rangers, but you got to give credit to Bill Zito and company because they did right by Frank Vertrano still wanting to send him to a contender. They traded him for a fourth round pick, and, and that and that asset that they traded Frank Vertrano for was used for the Ben Sherat trade. So it was doing right by Vertrano. He wasn't play, he was scratched many times. And they got to use that as a as a move to set up another move in order for the Panthers to go for it. So Frank Vitrano, even even like you said, a cup of coffee with the New York Rangers. He was still able to contribute well um, for the Rangers and even help them get get all the way to the Eastern Conference Final. I knew he had been healthy scratch. I didn't realize it was eleven times. I didn't realize it was that much. So I mean, that's probably a win win for both sides. You know, for Absolutely. him for him to get that kind of playing time in New York, get some important goals, including an important game six goal against the Lightning. That was pretty mm-hmm. big. And, you know, he made a difference on that team. All right, so we'll talk more about Frank Vitrano and how he could impact the Ducks. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, shall we? I mean, it is the one place that has you covered, the one place that we trust. And you know the lines are already out for the Stanley Cup for next season. Hey, Florida's kind of in there. I mean, they're among the top 10 teams as far as odds to win the Cup. So you never know. You never know. I haven't even looked at odds, honestly. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're okay. They're pretty decent. Better than the Ducks. But um, if we want to check out the latest props, odds, and lines, head over to Bet Online, either on your laptop or on your mobile device and i gotta check my messages folks <laughs> i really leave this off i'm just whatever <laughs> check out betonline.net which is where the game starts and bet online is the official online sportsbook of the locked on podcast network and armando they should gamble responsibly and absolutely by gambling responsibly and i'm gonna be mean for just a second they should not bet on the Marlins to win the World Series. <laughs> this is, I wouldn't bet on them neither. This is not 1997. This is not Jim Leland's Marlins. Mm-hmm. This is not 2003. I forget who the coach... McKeon. This is not McKeon's Jack Marlins. McKeon. Yeah, I remember. Woo-hoo. All right. So... For Toronto, signed a three-year deal, just above three and a half million per season. You think that was a fair value for that contract that he got from Anaheim? I think, as far as a veteran and and him be going to a team that's still kind of trying to find their way, uh, I think that bringing that veteran presence uh, there is very beneficial for Anaheim. Of course, there's still questions for Anaheim on what they're going to do with John Gibson. Is he going to stay around for a few years? Or, or is, I mean, because there's still quite a bit of term on his contract. So there I even did an episode on whether it was realistic for the Florida Panthers to trade for John Gibson. And it's chances are it's going to be really hard for them to facilitate a trade, especially with Bobrovsky on their books. But they still have quite a few pieces there in Trevor Zegras, Mason McTavish, Jamie Drysdale, all of them. So they, they, they have they have the pieces there to at least 
build a little bit. I don't know if they're a playoff team this year, but they were kind of on the bubble last year well for the first few months of the season before they fell off yeah that's what it is before they fell off after the all-star break they had the worst record post all-star break of all 32 teams which is no bueno part of that was that massive sell-off they had at the trade deadline you give up a manson you give up a lindholm a hampus lindholm that is you give up a ricard raquel and you even give up a Nick Delorier. Yes, there are some Nick Delorier fans out there, folks. <laughs> I, I, I say that partially jokingly, but also, you know, Nick Delorier was a grinder for the Ducks. But there's still some complimentary pieces. There's still Adam Henrique. You, you remember Adam Henrique. Mm. There's Ryan Strom, who they just picked up. They got Troy, Ter- Troy Terry. Put some respect on Troy Terry's name, my friend. Yeah, Jay Beagle. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> Troy Terry was an all-star, folks. And a well-deserved all-star, might I add. And Troy Terry, for the record, probably... I love Zegers. I love McTavish. But Troy Terry is my actual favorite player on the Ducks team. For a, We're birthday twins. September 10th. Virgo twins, baby. But um, there's complimentary pieces. I don't think Gibson's going to leave now that other goalies have been swiped from the free agent market. Campbell has been signed. So, like, the targets that the Ducks may have gone after are now gone. So it's looking like Gibby's going to stay in Anaheim, which is fine. He's got that long term. The big move for the Ducks now is going to be what they do with the rest of the money. Because, hey, they still have money to spend. They still need to spend about $10 million to even get to the cap floor. Because there's the cap, there's everyone else, there's the floor, then there's the ducks. <laughs> They're not they still have ten million to spend. They could get John Klingberg for they could overspend, right? Oh. The the a tail end of that contract for John Klingberg is not something that I would want to have on my books. No, but the ducks again have the money they need to spend. Yep. They have to spend it somewhere. What are they going to get? PK Subban for one or two years? And t- I'm no. kidding. That's not $10 million, But there's not many defensemen out there. And Klingberg could be that guy. He could be. Mm-hmm. And Klingberg, it looks like that him and uh, Dallas, uh, they re- apparently they re-engaged in talks a few days ago. But then it, it went south once again that it looked yep. like that he's going to eventually walk. But, of course, Dallas has got to prioritize Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger as well as, I mean, talk about an awesome draft that Dallas had just a few years ago. Yero yep. Haskinen as well in that same draft, along with Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger there. And, of and course, don't, uh, and don't forget, they also just got Mason Marchman. Yes, Mason Marchman, a, Florida, a grinder in Mason Marchman who uh, – I, I do I, I do feel for Mason Marchment losing his dad just recently and yeah. the the relationship that he has with the coaching staff of Dallas, it made sense in this time of grief that he's going through to sign somewhere that he's comfortable with. So it I, I think long term for the Panthers, Mason Marchment as far as a even though he's he wasn't drafted by the Panthers, as far as someone who's home not really homegrown, but a, a person whose game was really developed with Florida, I think on the long term 
Mason Marchment is going to probably be the biggest loss of the of the three guys who Florida lost during this free agency period. Yeah, um, let's get back to Vetrano for a second because I do want to focus on how he could possibly fit in with the Ducks. Like, what? Where do you see him lining up? Like, do you see him second line, third line? Like, where do you see him slotting in possibly? Well, when he was with Florida, he was playing on the third line to start the season, along with Anton Lindell and Sam Reinhart. Um, I could very well see him play on the second line for for Anaheim, as as far as like trying to teach the kids. Uh, I I know you have a very famous line, "Let the kids play." Uh, so uh, I I feel like as far as someone who's a mentor, I think Frank Vitrano can do do that. And one thing one all one thing also about Frank Vitrano in the twenty twenty one season. Guess who got the most game-winning goals for the Florida Panthers? Wait, Frankie? Frank Vitrano had the most game-winning goals. <laughs> Frankie, so. you mean out of a team that has all that talent? Mm-hmm. And Vitrano got the, well, I mean, that booming shot first off. Got to give it up for that. Yeah, so um, he had the most game-winning goals in 2021. I didn't realize that. Man, that's a, that's a hell of a pickup for the Ducks. I'm mm-hmm. getting more excited so, now. Yeah, uh... Look, go back to the 2021 season. Go back to the very second game of the season. Uh, there's a there's a goal that he had against the Chicago Blackhawks. A beautiful pass from Barkov, and in the middle of Frank Vitrano's celebration, he falls in the middle of trying to celebrate. So he didn't even get to. So he was like staying on the floor the whole time while everybody was crowding him. So he couldn't even stand up during his celebration. I'm writing this down. I need to seek this out. <laughs> game two of the 2021 season, Florida uh, Chicago. I wrote it down. I'm lo- I'm gonna look that up later. I wrote it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, he could endear himself to the fans pretty easily, is what you're saying. Oh, he's very likable. Um, he has a very good par- personality. He's always smiling out there. Uh, his nickname is Franklin the Tanklin. That's what they call him. Wait, wait, wait. What's? Hold on. Franklin the Tanklin. Franklin the Tanklin. That's his nickname. <laughs> How did I not see that before? Mm-hmm. Now Ducks fans know about his nickname. Oh, we we are going to run with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) Franklin the Tanklin, get your memes ready, folks. Mm -hmm. Um, There's there were memes of him like photoshopped on like Thomas, the uh, Thomas and friends and all that stuff. So there's uh, there's been photoshopped pictures like every time on Panthers Twitter when he would score a goal. Can I borrow that meme, please? (laughs) I'm going to have to look for it. Yeah, it's Um, somewhere. Anything else Ducks fans need to know about their new shiny toy? Just expect them to be in the greasy areas a, a lot. And on the rush, he's going to definitely be someone who's going to really uh, jump in because he, dude is fast. I'll say that. You know, I could see him on that second or third line. He could go with with Strom on that line. He could. Very well could. And also maybe... Actually, here's what I could envision. I could envision him being on either the second or third line, possibly pairing with either Ryan Strom or Mason McTavish, who also loves to get to the greasy areas. That could be a grinding line if you put Vetrano and McTavish and who could you put on the other side? I guess you could put Max Jones. That's, that would be a grind line. I mean, Frank Vetrano does hit once in a while, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like, he's not um, a friend. He's not afraid to hit. Yeah, he's a, he, he hits once in a while, and uh, not the he wasn't the biggest hitter for the Panthers, but he was he 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 lays the body here and there. 
Not like Mason Marchment, but... Yeah. That could be an interesting line, now that I think about it. You could have a couple of grinders in there and just have that line that could pummel everyone else. So that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, before we wrap up, where can the fine folks find you on the socials and where can they find your fine podcast? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. I mean, right now we're in the off season, so uh, still lots to figure out for the Panthers as far as how they're going to line up put their lineup together especially with Anthony Duclair being on LTIR to start the season with a torn Achilles so they're going to have to use some of that LTIR space uh to start the season and for and as far as the summer if you like baseball I know JD likes baseball you'll see a lot of Marlins tweets uh in, in for the rest of for the rest of the summer because uh they do have the best pitcher in the National League right now Oh, oh, we we're not going to argue on camera about this one, <laughs> but I will just say Tony Gonsolin is undefeated in the National League. Just saying, pitcher wins aren't stats. Sorry, <laughs> Are just e- like goalie wins. Er, oh, okay, fighting words now. Era, give me era. Uh, it's like one point seven, one point six right now for Sandy. Yeah, it's about the same for Gonsolin as well. So. So, just just about the same, but okay. I, I will say he has a lot of no decisions this year, uh, Sandy Alcantara, because his his team can't score runs. Yeah, how's that feel? It's awful. It's <laughs> like it's like when you it's like John Gibson and like the la- sometimes the lack of goal support. Oh, so, so. you had it's to bring. To, it's not to diss the Ducks. It's no, but you're diss- you're right. <laughs> like, did you sometimes? You- Sometimes goal support you could relate that to baseball, and as as a famous person says from another four letter network, I mean you're not wrong. You didn't have to say it, but you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, so follow I mean, me, and you'll see some baseball tweets for the rest of the summer. I mean, you'll see baseball tweets for me for All Star Weekend. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> hey, give I I say Gibby get the taser. All last season. So I feel you there. Monzo, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, JD. Always a pleasure. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with JD Hernandez. As we conclude today's podcast, and once again, thank you very much to Armando for joining us, talking a little bit about Frank Vetrano. I did actually find that video that he was referencing, and this was back in 2021, actually started the season, where Florida had a good overtime win at Florida. And looking at the video, I mean, this is pretty hilarious. He actually toe-picked on the celebration. He had a one-timer from the right side, scored the game-winning goal, and as he tried to skate over towards his teammates, he toe-picked right on the ice and just raised his arms in the air, and he kind of owned it. I mean, I could see he kind of laughed about it at the end of the game and afterwards. Kind of chuckled about it like, oh, man, I shouldn't have toe-picked, but hey, you know what? Great silly. (laughs) For what it's worth, that was a great celebration. All right, so we're going to conclude talking about contracts once again. And free agency and who's out there. As of right now, I would say the Ducks need to go after a defenseman. Considering that they just plucked 
two forwards from New York, it's probably time that they focus on the defense a little bit, considering how few defensemen the Ducks currently have as of this moment. As far as who's out there, there's honestly not a whole lot anymore. A lot of the good defensemen have already been taken. There's a couple that are still out there available. Cody Curran. Hey, bring Cody Curran back to the Ducks organization. Why not, right? There's also Scott Harrington. I don't know about that. Ryan Murray. That's that's an interesting one. Ryan Murray has not had a whole lot of points at all. I mean, he did play in Colorado last season. He contributed for what it's worth during the regular season. Did not play in the playoffs, but he could be a sixth defenseman. So that could be someone you get for not much. But the two names I'm looking at, big time, are John Klingberg, who I've been trying to get on this train for a long time. John Klingberg, I think, would be a decent fit in Anaheim, and he is asking for a lot. I'm hearing somewhere in the $8 million range, and he could be a long-term deal. Do you want that albatross of a deal when he is 35 36 Will he still be producing at a decent pace at 35-36? That's the question that needs to be answered here. And which team would be A, willing to take him on, B, would have the cap space to do it? The Ducks might be willing to take him on. They do. Well, they have plenty of cap space, so they could easily bring him on. Uh, One other name that has come up, and I've briefly mentioned this in the recent past. I'm going to bring this up again. How about P.K. Subban? Now, here's the thing about P.K. Subban. He did have a cap hit of $9 million last season. He is 33 years old. He has tailed off quite a bit. He did sign that massive eight-year, $72 million contract with the Canadians back in 2014. He only played two of those seasons in Montreal before being traded to Nashville and then before being sent off to New Jersey. So there's still some game left in P.K. Subban. He can still contribute. As long as he can play almost every game, he'll get the minutes for you. He'll pummel guys if he has to, and he'll score some points. He will contribute. Maybe not at the level that he did in Montreal, and certainly not the level he did with the Preds back in 2017 when Nashville made it all the way to the Cup Final. Huh, yeah. He won't contribute that much anymore. Ducks fans know this. But seen some reports, and I saw one projection from, I want to say it was the Hockey News, that had him get a contract somewhere in the $3 million to $4 million range. I know Evolving Hockey has him around a little over $3 million. Honestly, I think the Ducks could stomach that deal. They could take that deal. If they can sign him for maybe two, three years, $3 million, I'm sure the Ducks would be able to take that on easily. And they would still have cap space. Let's just say, for example, for example, if the Ducks were to sign P.K. Subban, let's say, let's say the Kevin Shattenkirk deal, three years, about three and a half million. Let's let's give him that deal. If the Ducks take on P.K. Subban for that contract, would it be the worst thing in the world? Not necessarily. I know Shatty got three point nine. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, Subban gets three and a half, three seasons. Look how old P.K. Subban is right now. Do you want him to get $3 million at age 36? Honestly, if the cap does keep going up, and chances are it will, then I could stomach that. I could take it. I think most Ducks fans would be able to take that. 
and the front office will be able to take that. In addition, if he gets signed for three and a half million, the Ducks would still have to spend a little about six million dollars to reach the cap floor. So they would still have space to sign someone else. I see Nino Niederreiter's name out there. They could go ahead and get another forward. But the Ducks do need defensemen. So you can get P.K. Subban on a decent little deal. Three years. Not bad. You could also maybe get another defenseman out there, although there's not a whole lot left. Um, yeah, there, there's not a lot. I mean, you could go back and get Michael Delzato again. You could bring him back to Anaheim. Yeah, I, I heard it. I heard it, folks. Yeah, the the list of names as far as defensemen are slim at best. So if you're the Ducks, you got to take that swing at, Kling, at Klingberg. You just got to do it. All right. We are going to conclude this podcast. We will actually have another podcast this weekend. And I'll have another guest. And we'll talk about more new players. Actually, um, I'll spoil this for you. Tomorrow we'll have John Chick on from the New York from Locked On New York Rangers, and he's going to talk about both players, actually. So, actually, this interview came a little bit later. I was expecting to only talk about Frankie, but now that I get to talk about both new players, we'll have a bonus episode later on in the weekend, probably late Friday, early Saturday. So, watch out for another bonus episode in your feeds. And then we'll start next week and go from there. All right. Uh, Also, I want to make this announcement right now. Starting next week, we will not be doing five shows a week on the audio side. In fact, this will be the last week that we'll be doing daily podcasts for now because it is the summer months now and, you know, everyone needs a little vacation. I'll be gone most of next week. So we'll have a couple shows or three or three to four new shows next week. And also for the other reason, I'll be at All-Star Weekend. I'll be at Dodger Stadium Saturday. I'll be in L.A. Saturday, Sunday, like pretty much all weekend. Then I'll be gone on vacation. But I will still put out podcasts. I still will put out content. So be on the lookout for all of that. But just want to let you guys know that starting next week, we will not be having our daily podcast or five shows a week. So just wanted to bring that up. Now, we'll be back with regular shows Uh, projected sometime around mid to late September is when we'll be back with our regular podcast. But really, I just want to thank you guys all for your continued support. Thank you for listening so much on the audio side. For those of you on the video side, thanks so much for sticking with it. I know we've had some video issues in the recent past. Hopefully this little break will kind of work itself out and we'll be back on the video side full force starting next season, which would be my fourth full season on Locked on Anaheim Ducks. So once again, thank you all for your continued support. All right. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. I promise I get back to everyone that emails eventually, and I'm trying to be better about that, but I do get back to everyone. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. So once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm JD Hernandez saying have a great weekend. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, 
and ducks fly together. <laughs>